Welcome to the Mind Muscle Connection Podcast, a show that is dedicated to educating you on applying science-based training, nutrition, and mindset strategies from some of the top minds in the industry to help you build a leaner, stronger, and more confident self. I'm your host, Jeff Hain. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Mind Muscle Connection podcast. Today is a Q&A episode and I have three questions I'm going to answer. Uh, but before I do that, I'm just going to uh, go over a few ways you can help support the podcast. So first, if you found this podcast to be helpful in any way, if you could leave a five-star rating and review, uh, and that will help more people find this podcast. Uh, next, you can follow me on Instagram, Jeff, H-O-E-H-N underscore, and that's where I'm most active on social media and where I post most of my content and where you can uh, find me and reach out to me uh, the easiest there. And then lastly, I have my one-on-one online coaching program. And with that, I hope you lose body fat and build muscle with my strategic strategic dieting and training methods. We look at things like your lifestyle and biofeedback to individualize your training and nutrition program to you and your specific needs. We also find at least one to two bottlenecks outside of the training and nutrition protocol that is keeping you from seeing the results that you want to see. So if you are interested in that, you can reach out on Instagram or there's a link in the show notes and we can move that forward. So with that out of the way, let's dive into today's questions. So the first question I have is, what are your thoughts on coming off tracking food in a maintenance phase? So I'm assuming this is typically coming off of you know a, a fat loss phase. Now you're at maintenance, uh, you're trying to maintain that. So I do think overall, it is a great idea so yeah, I, I do think it's a great idea to do this. Uh, however, I will say one thing. It's a great idea to do this at some point. I'm going to make one caveat here. In following a fat loss diet, I would still make sure you track for a period of time. You know, this is going to be up to you, but I'd say at least, you know, four-ish weeks afterwards that you're still tracking and monitoring things. Uh, just because you're, you know, you're you're at a higher risk of weight rebound, you know, you're super hungry. Um, so if you're not careful there, you can kind of overshoot the, that in that in that post diet phase. Again, you're going to be hungry. And if you just kind of like go back to and I think typically when people don't track their food quality, for most people tends to a bigger chunk of it becomes, you know, tastier type foods. And so if you're doing that post diet, it could be one of those things where it's going to be really hard to moderate that. And you're just going to kind of feel like a bottomless pit if you're not monitoring things. And so I would say that would be a period of time where it's like maybe you fat loss diet and then you reverse or you just go straight into maintenance, but you're you're tracking for a little bit of time after that, right? However, let's say you've done that for four weeks and now it's like, man, I'm just, I just want to take a break from it. You know, I think after that, it's a great idea to take a break from tracking. And during that time, maybe you just fall back on good habits or you have some form of tracking that is easier for you. So maybe instead of tracking your calories and macros, it's, Hey, I'm just going to, you know, take my body weight, track steps, and then I'm going to just hit some like minimums for my nutrition. Or maybe you just track protein or something like that. Right. And then you just monitor your weight and, um, your steps just to kind of see where your body weight goes. And then you can make adjustments from there. Um, but again, falling back on good habits, obviously during this time, you want to continue to lift weights. You want to make sure you're getting your activity in, you're getting good sleep. You know, those are all going to be things that are still uh, super important. So I think just like you need a deload from, you know, working out, I think it's a great idea to deload from tracking is again, that can just mentally be fatiguing. Now, some people love to track and they want to do it all the time. That's fine. Just go and do that. There's nothing wrong with that. But again, if you're somebody that maybe gets burnt out a little bit, I think it's a good idea to back off for a little bit. So just for like an example, so I have a client who she's uh, she just finished up her fat loss phase. We're actually in the first week of maintenance, uh, 
reverse diet maintenance phase. Um, so she is tracking and, she, and we're going to do that for the next four to six weeks. Um, but then what we're going to do towards the end of like, after that, we're going to take, you know, probably anywhere from four to 12 weeks away from tracking and just focus on, you know, giving her a break from tracking. So that way you don't, she doesn't have to continue to do that um, time after time. So, and then uh, again, during, during that time, we'll really focus on her training performance, you know, making sure that's going well. We'll look at her body weight, make sure it's not turning up too much or turning down, um, you know, making sure she hits a certain amount of activity. And then she is really good at her nutrition in terms of like day to day. So that is easier for her to be able to do that. Um, but that's just kind of how I would use that in uh, practice there. Um, and I personally, um, same way, I, I like to take some time away from tracking for periods of time, just because again, I get burnt out of it. So I do think it's a good thing to do. And and you can use that time as like a way to practice your skill of not tracking. So then that way, whenever you, you know, maybe you do get to a point in your life where you do want to just maybe not track anymore. You can, you can always do that. And I also think with tracking too, people always think of it in this black or white, these black or white terms of like, you either track or you don't ever track ever again. It's like, there can be times where you do track. There can be times where you don't, right? I would say times when it's better to track are going to be times when you're trying to manipulate your body weight up or down. Like those would be times where you probably want to be a little bit more diligent with tracking, but then times where you are maintaining, I think it could be better to take, take a break, right? And again, that's all, it's all up to you in terms of how often you you do that. But I think definitely getting away from this thought of like, you either have to always track for the rest of your life or you never track and then you're always done. It's like, again, we can kind of meet in the middle there with it. So hopefully that answers that question. But yeah, I, I think it's great to be able to uh, take a break. All right. So next question is I'm on a fat loss phase and on, and on around 1600 calories, 55 kg, which let me do the, for my people, my people here that do pounds. Let's see what that is. 121 pounds. They're stuck for fat loss. Can I start reverse dieting? So my thought here on this is, you know, I I, I say these numbers because that's what they put, but I kind of want to put the numbers away because I, I think those numbers don't necessarily mean anything in terms of how much they weigh, what their calories are, right? I, I, I Just looking at that being like, oh, hey, you need to reverse based on this. You know, I think it's what's going to matter here is, you know, your biofeedback, right? What, how are you feeling? Are you super hungry? Do you feel depleted? Is training sucking? Is sleep being affected? What's your libido like? You know, these are all things that I would look at rather than just base it off a number that this a person sends me. Um, so that would be the first thing, right? Uh, I'm not going to judge that based on where your numbers are at or anything like that. I want to go off of how you're feeling. That would be the first thing that I would, I mean, I already pay attention to this with clients, but that would, those would be the first questions I would have uh, with that. And then next, are you actually stuck or is it just, I mean, you know, 121 pounds isn't necessarily a high body weight. So it's like your absolute weight that you can lose is much less than somebody who's, you know, 200 pounds or hundred kg or something like that. Right. So with that, you know, are you actually plateaued or is it just like, you're not, your scale weight's not moving down as much as it was at one point, And you're thinking that it's not moving down. Right. And so what I mean by that is a lot of times when clients come to me, they typically are just tracking their, uh, weight from day to day and like looking at it and being like, okay, I weighed in the other day and I think I was 121. I weighed in another day. I was 122 or one day I was 122. Then the next day I was 123. I'm not losing weight anymore. What's going on here in this situation. And it's like, okay, you're, 
you're focused too much on the day-to-day trend that's going on there. And you need to look at your like what your averages are doing week over week. And there's been many times when I do that with clients and it's like, hey, things are trending down and you are on the, the right path here. Uh, you just have to zoom out. You can't get caught up in these day-to-day uh, fluctuations, right? So I think that's where I would look at with, those would be the first two things that I would look at before being like, hey, you need to reverse, okay? Next thing that I would look at from there is, okay, let's say, you know, you actually are, um, you know, Again, let's say we look at it and biofeedback's okay, and uh, we see that you actually are haven't your average weight hasn't really moved down, okay? And measurements aren't moving, things like that. That's another thing that I would say is look at measurements, look at progress pictures too. Those are not progressing. Now it's like, okay, let's look at to what you're currently doing and see if you're p- potentially looking over something, right? And so this is where I bring in something called like an energy audit, okay? Uh, so at this point, we're going to look at your consistency of tracking, you know, or, or, and just whatever your nutrition plan is. Are you consistent with what you're doing, right? I think this is the most important, you know, a lot of times people think they're stuck, but then they look and it's like, they're not consistent with what they're, you know, they're only tracking five days out of the week, right? And then they have two days where they're just not tracking and 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 those days are a little bit more flexible. And that's actually what's causing you to maintain. It's not your protocol or you need a reverse diet or anything like that. It's like your consistency is off. So that's the first thing, you know, if that's something that, that can get worked on, it's like that needs to be, if you want to keep going. And again, I'll, I'll kind of talk to you, talk through this. But again, if you want to keep going, that would be the first thing is, Hey, we got to get your consistency up. It's not that you need a reverse diet. It's just that you need to get your consistency up. What are your activity levels at? Right. Um, a lot of times people just go off of how many times they work out per week and they don't really look at things like their overall activity levels. So look at that, right? Is this something that potentially fell? Because as you do diet and you lose more weight and you lose more body fat, your body will, and, and you're in a deficit, your body will want to downregulate how much energy it expends, right? And you'll find that you're a little bit more tired, a little less energy, things like that. And you could end up like, you could see that your overall activity levels have actually fallen. So that would be something where it's like, if that has happened, hey, let's bump that up a little bit, right? So next, so we look at activity levels. So from there, okay, are there some tracking things that are going on? Look at your serving sizes. Are you potentially, um, are your serving sizes off? You know, you might be putting in one serving of peanut butter when it really could be two. And again, this is going to be something that meal over meal is going to start to add up. So look at your serving sizes. Um, if it's something that, you know, maybe in the beginning of your fat loss phase, you were, you were, you know, weighing food out. And then towards the end, you kind of, you know, just how we always get, it's like start to get a little bit easier, uh, you know, a little more lenient with things, you know, can you maybe re- I can think of the word there. Could you maybe recalibrate your serving sizes here. And again, that could be something that is off. Next, um, are you logging condiments, low cal, zero cal items? Like that's going to be big. You know, if you're letting a lot of those slip, those could be adding up and causing you to, um, again, it's not like one low cal items, the issue it's when you have those over time, like multiple ones day after day, same thing with condiments as well too. Drinks, you know, are you potentially having alcoholic drinks or any, any types of, of drink, uh, drinks that have calories in them. You know, a lot of people forget to account for these. So we need to look at that snacking grazing, you know, are you letting a little bit more snacking and grazing come into the picture? If that's the case, you know, again, the issue here with these types of foods is they're going to add up quickly and they add a lot, add a lot of calories and you don't really feel like it's a lot of food. Um, so you need to look at that. Meals out at restaurants. Are you potentially going out to eat multiple times per week? Again, the issue here, it's not really the going out to eat. It's that you don't really know how many calories you're going to get. So, uh, you know, it really depends on the chef for that day. So if this is something where you go out to eat multiple times per week, you know, you could be one week 
eating anywhere from 500 to a thousand more calories by going out to eat because of, you know, things like butters, oils, stuff like that. So if that's the case, you know, you probably want to dial that back a little bit and then sleep and stress, you know, are these off as well too, um, because this is going to negatively impact, uh, you know, your fat loss. So we'll look into those things. Okay. See if any of those are off. And again, if those are off and the client wants to continue, then it's like, all right, we need to, we need to work on these things before we go away from that. And then lastly, okay. So we got all that figured out. Maybe for example, all that is good with clients. Uh, you know, the, none of those things are an issue. Then after that, it's like, okay, after looking these things over that we talked about and your biofeedback's in a decent place, you know, you just have to ask yourself, do I want to keep losing? Do I need to drop my calories? Do I need to add more steps or a combination? And if that's something you want to do, you can do that. Uh, but if, you know, it's like, I really don't want to do that anymore. Then it's like, all right, let's reverse out. Right. So then at that point, you would reverse out. So kind of a long-winded answer there for that, but I wanted to break that down because I think a reverse diet is needed and just it just depends on where you're at and how you are feeling. Again, with fat loss phases, I think if you've gone over anywhere from like eight to 16 weeks, it's probably like, okay, maybe you do just need to reverse out and take a, a diet break for a, a little bit of time and, and come back. So all things to consider here. Uh, but again, that's how I would dive into that rather than like, I'm not just going to look at clients' numbers or not a client's number because I obviously know what they're doing, but somebody's numbers and being like, oh, you're eating 1500 calories, you're this weight. Yeah, you need a reverse diet. No, there's way more that goes into it. And we have to ask these questions. And then lastly, uh, how how do the last question for the, the day is how do you determine weight for warmups? This definitely, I feel like, and this to me, this is also very similar to like, what do I need to do for a deload? And I feel like it gets overthought um, and you and people essentially just get paralysis by analysis on this. And my biggest rule of thumb here with what weight to use for your warmups is just make sure the intensity is far away, is low and far away from failure, right? So let's say you're doing dumbbell uh, bench press, you're doing uh, 75 pounds. What I would do in this situation is I would probably start with maybe like 45, just get, you know, maybe 10 reps in there. Again, just really work on technique, nice and slow, make sure you're staying at least, at least five to 10 reps away from failure. And then I'd bump up maybe to, to 65, hit maybe three to four reps. And again, we're staying far away from failure, but it's heavier. And then I would go into my working set. So really just feel it out. It depends on the lift, but the, the, the biggest thing is just make sure it's not challenging. Like if, if it's challenging in any way, it's going to sort of be jump volume, right? Uh, so that's the biggest thing for for the warmups is just make sure it's far away from failure uh, and don't overthink it. Same thing with the deload. People can overthink it. Just we want to make sure the intensity is lower um, and you're, it's not challenging. Because again, if it's challenging, then it's a working set. It's not a warm-up set. And again, the goal of a warm-up set is to just really get your body dialed in for that um, for, for the working sets. And I think it probably looks a little bit different if you're trained for strength or hypertrophy. I think with strength, you probably need to be maybe a little bit more strategic about what you do to work up to that. But I think with hypertrophy, you have a lot of wiggle room in terms of how you can go about your warm-up sets. Uh, again, just we just want to make sure they're far away from failure and they're not they're not challenging. And then obviously as you get heavier and get closer to your to your working sets, you know, you want to you want reps to drop and again you want to stay far away from failure. So that's how I would go about that. Um, but that's it for this episode, guys. If you have any questions for me, you can reach out on Instagram and I will talk to you guys next time. Thank you for listening. If you want more free content like this, follow me on Instagram at JeffH91 underscore or visit jhhealth.net. See you next time.